Welcome to the Real Estate Entrepreneurs Podcast. Welcome to the Real Estate Entrepreneurs Podcast. Today, we have a heavy hitter from the Northeast, <laughs> Mr. Ben Phillips. How are you? Doing well, doing Man, well. Thank you so much for uh, taking the invitation. Yes, sir. At such uh, short notice. <laughs> um, but um, who are you, man? Where, where do you come from? Man, my name is uh, Ben Phillips from Columbus, Ohio. Uh, you know, we've been in real estate for since 2015, just not branded as well. We've kind of, you know, talked about like we're, we're like the, the uh, underdogs, I guess. You know? right, right. And we've kind of prided ourselves in that as far as like just being like the silent killers, you know. It's, it's better, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. I, can, I can relate to you in many different ways when yep. it comes to being the underdog. Yeah. In my opinion, it's better to be the underdog mm -hmm. than to the guy that or the lady that's like recognized all the time and it's yeah. got because underdogs have an, an advantage. Yep. And is that you can operate at low key, but still be at a at a high level. Correct. Right. Yep. And it's almost like flying on on stealth mode. Yeah. So I I was the underdog for many years mm -hmm. in my own town. Like yeah. I started locally yep. and it was until somebody started knocking on my door in my office looking for me and I, I didn't know who the hell he was. Yeah. I said, what are you talking about? Who are you? Like, what do you need me for? Oh yeah, I was told you flipped a lot of houses and, <laughs> and I was like, okay, come on in, I'll help you out, right? But yep. then I was not the underdog anymore because I was being recognized in the city. But yeah. It attracts, when you're not the underdog, it attracts a different type of energy, type of people. They want to come pick on your brains. For sure. They take you to lunches and coffee and things <laughs> like that. And, and at the beginning, you take it, you accept it, but yeah. then it gets to a point where you're like, mm, maybe I don't have the time for that, you know? Right. So let's take you back. So were you grown, uh, you know, did you grow in Columbus? Is no. That, so yeah. actually, I have a pretty wild story. Yeah, let's do it. Let's uh, get, I, that's what I like. Wild <laughs> stories all day long. All right, man. <laughs> if you want a wild story, then here I am. Let's so, go. Uh, I actually grew up two hours east of Columbus. It's okay. a small town called Caddis. One red light. Not much there. Uh, we grew up with, with nothing. Um, my mom, she, she worked her ass off to take care of three kids. My parents, they divorced pretty early. Right. Um, and, How old were you? Uh, man, I think I was like... I was around five or six. Oh, I was, wow. I was pretty that young. was pretty early, yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, we didn't have anything growing up. My mom, you know, she did the best she could. Mm -hmm. She worked three jobs to take care of three bad kids. Uh, wow. Thank you, mom. Wow. <laughs> um, Shout out to mom. Yes, for sure. But yeah. she, uh, you know, we lived in Section 8 apartments. Okay. There was there was nothing in the, the small town that we grew up in as far as, like, work or anything like that. Um, but... I grew up, man, and, and uh, you know, when my parents divorced early, I, I was looking for that father figure. And, yes. And I found the wrong father figure. The wrong figure. father figure, yeah. Yep. So uh, I, uh, I started into drugs very early in life. I How got, old were you? I was 12 years old when I started smoking crack. And, smoking. Uh, smoking crack, yeah. Now, do you smoke weed before crack, or do you go straight <laughs> for the crack? Honestly, like, it was straight for the crack. Wow, <laughs> that's crazy, bro. It, the, there was no evolution to, there the, was, there to, was, the, to the drug addict. Huh? No, man. I mean, I think I drank a beer and stuff like that before, but like uh, when I found that father figure, I was looking for somebody in my life that was stable that I could look up to. And, right connected with unfortunately with the wrong person right and uh 
You know, I, I, I grew up with nothing. Now, who was it? Was it somebody on, around your neighborhood mm -hmm. or uncle or like? No, so it was, it was a neighborhood guy. Actually, it was yeah. one of the first guys that my mom met when we moved to this apartment building. And uh, he helped us, you know, move the U-Haul into the apartment and everything like that. The crazy thing is they were good. They became good friends, but he had this other lifestyle as well. So right. it wasn't something, obviously, my mom didn't be like, hey, here's this. So how do you get, how do you get introduced to crack when you're 12? Yeah, so I mean, that's the thing. Like, uh, you know, I always had a little bit of money because I would, like, work. I would shovel snow. I would cut, cut grass, grass. Whatever, yeah. Everything I could do. And that's where the entrepreneur mindset right. come from. Is like, hey, I don't have anything. I got to make it happen, you right. know? So um we were out fishing one day and he was just like and uh, you know he was a big drug addict and right and i didn't know that obviously at 12 years old and uh he was like here try this and i wow. i did it and i was it yeah because crack hooks you up right away it's it's very instinct. addicting man yeah. so um from there it was just kind of game over i was hooked and i was like every little bit of money i had i was like hey smoke it yeah yep um so yeah, I went down a pretty, pretty, uh, how long were you on crack for? Uh, so I smoked all the way, like, then that's not the only drug, you know, that was obviously yeah, no, the, the one. <laughs> there, there comes the, the menu, like, hey, yeah, exactly. here you are, right? <laughs> um, yeah, of course. But yeah. yeah, how, okay. So I guess the right question is how long were you on drugs for? I would say, so basically like crack is the one that obviously like I thought ruined my life, which right. did, it took me down like darkest paths, right. the deepest, you know, actually to the end, putting a gun in my mouth, you right. know? Um, but like, you know, I can name off all the other ones, but like, it was like, okay, I'll stop doing this. I, I'll, I'll, I got hooked on pills and then like, I'd stop doing that and then I'd get onto heroin or whatever the case may be. Um, for me, it was just like a supplement of, of things, but. Yeah, you're always looking for the next fix. Like, correct. what can give me a, the next high or, mm -hmm. or whatever? Dude, I, honestly, I got friends that they were big into like I mean these dudes will will literally see that plant yeah. and smoke it to see if they get out. <laughs> no, I'm not lying, bro. Like sure. literally, they will get they'll see that plant and because they didn't have money to buy the drugs, right? Yeah. So they're like, hmm, maybe that plant can give me a high. And you know their their reasoning behind it was, mm -hmm. well, Ricardo, who the hell discovered weed? Right. Somebody had to be wondering what it was to smoke that. Yeah. So you know what? We may be able to discover the next drug. That's what, how a, a drug, you know, habit, right. like somebody that's do, doing drugs all the time thinks. Mm -hmm. if, especially if they don't have money, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, shit, yeah. let's go smoke whatever flowers, you know. So it's the, like, you know, I get it. It's, 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 yeah. it's very addicting, right? So yeah. a crack is, is like, I, I had a lot of friends on, on crack. And, and thank God, they're, most of them are clean today. Nice. Uh, but... Uh, Man, how long were you on drugs? Like, yeah, I was on so on that life, 12 right? Twelve to twenty-seven. Um, and twenty-seven I years old. Yeah, fifteen wow. years of, of hell. That's a <laughs> lot, dude. For sure. Um, and um, so, fifteen years of hell. Mm -hmm. I, I I love how you describe it because people that are on drugs, even though they recognize they're they're going through a dark path at mm -hmm. some point, because sometimes they don't, right? They, yeah. you know, it's it's the next fix or whatnot. I, I've never been on drugs, mm -hmm. but I was a heavy alcoholic. So right. I would drink a lot, right? I gotcha. started drinking when I was 12. Yep. Uh, and it was because my dad gave me a beer. And yeah. uh, and 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 it was no, a normal thing to do for a guy like me back then. Right. Um, most kids start drinking and smoking in Venezuela when they're 12. Yeah. Literally, you can go to the liquor store and buy it. Mm -hmm. Like, 
they're, they're not, they know you're not old enough. And they're like, yeah, here it is. Right. <laughs> no big deal. Yeah. So I got pretty heavy into alcohol. Mm. Um, I didn't get into drugs because the drugs were not around me. That yeah. was it. Yep. Because I know that if drugs were around me, mm -hmm. oh, dude. It's game over. Oh, it's game over. Yeah, yeah, I would have smoked everything that was in front of me, yep. you know. But um, what did you do for a living while you were a drug addict? Yeah, man. So obviously I was pretty young. <laughs> I yeah. was a functional drug addict. Yeah. Uh, you know, I still wrestled through all through school. Right. I would have obviously been a lot better. Um, I was still very good, but like I was partying on the weekends, obviously. Of course. And now, um, were you a drug addict? Because I mean, there's different levels to it, right? Uh, you got the guy that needs to wake that wakes up and he has to do it right. Mm -hmm. Like right away. But then you got the guy that wakes up and he goes to work and yeah. maybe at the end of the day, okay, I'll smoke a little bit and, right. and then you go to bed or whatnot. But maybe on the weekends is when they really go binge because yeah. and, and, they're partying and yeah, man, I, I was definitely a functional drug addict. Okay. <laughs> you know, I wake up and obviously I'd smoke some weed or something right. like that, but like hitting the crack right away. No, that wasn't my thing. Okay. Um, but yeah, you didn't want to go too hard early, right? Exactly. <laughs> and, and that type of thing, you know, it's a, it's only a Friday night thing. I get paid on Friday and right. it's gone. I'm, I'm, right. I'm out until I have no money. So for me, it was like, it, and it's just into real estate and entrepreneurship and everything. For me, it's like, go, 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 go. It's all or nothing. Yeah. So, um, you know, Monday through Thursday, no, I wasn't smoking crack. Cause obviously I was broke. I was going to work every day. Right but I was using other drugs and stuff like that. Yeah. So um, as far as that part, no, but Friday when I got paid, it's, it's, it was over with. So yeah, um, yeah man, it, it definitely took me down a lifestyle that obviously not, I'm not proud of the, that person that I was. But you know what, man, you have something that, that a lot of us don't have, which is redemption, right? And, and uh, you know, your story can help so many other people. For sure. That are going through that path or are in that yep. path right now. Yeah. And they don't see the, the light at the end of the tunnel. Mm -hmm. like, and, I, and I love that you're open about it because yeah. a lot of people are not. They, yeah. they, they, they hide it because they're ashamed of it or um, they don't want to be judged. Exactly. You know, and uh, um, I applaud that, man, because yeah. it's, it's, uh, it's, you can help so many people get out of a dark situation. Mm -hmm. At least they, if they see you, they say, well, if, if Ben got out of it, yep. so can I, right? Yeah. So I, I can do it. I can probably maybe, you know, even reach out to you. Like, hey, yeah. you know, Ben, how do you do this? Like, yeah. what, what, how was how your, your, how do you change your circle? How, you know, how do you quit thinking about doing drugs? I don't know because I, I didn't go through that. Right. Right. Um, for me, I was an alcoholic, but then I joined the Navy. And I continue to be an alcoholic while I was in the military, but I, I couldn't drink as much because yeah. now I was like being told when to wake up, when to go to bed, that kind of stuff, yep. right? But in time, I sort of like started letting it go, letting it go, letting it go to work to the point to where I don't drink as much anymore. Yeah. Well, I can get drunk one night, no problems, right? <laughs> but if we're hanging out, we're partying or something yeah. like that. Um, Drugs is different. Like yeah. those drugs that you were doing, the, that's a whole different animal because you can sure. smoke once and get hooked up on it right away mm -hmm. again. And so I'm, I'm happy that you're um, number one, you're recovered. Number two, that you're open about it. Yeah. 
because your story can help so many people out there. Yeah, 100% agreed, man. I, I uh, you know, just to, to kind of touch on that, like, I, I tried everything, man. I was obviously, I was 12 years old. I started, you know, <laughs> very young. Um, but, like, I went to the military. I went to the Army. I couldn't stop. They couldn't force me to stop. I went to boot camp, you know. I ended up failing a, a drug test. A drug test. So you got kicked out. Got kicked out. Right. They actually gave me a chance, which they never give you a chance in, in wow. the military. So they gave me a chance. They were like, we're going to random you. And uh, I, I ended up failing another one and then got kicked out. Right. But, what um, branch? Army Reserves. Well, thank you for your service. Yes. <laughs> At least you tried. Dude. Uh, hey, exactly. Hey, and, you, you, know, you gave it a try. <clears throat> for sure. And, and uh you know, and then I tried the geographical change. I, I, I'd move to another state and go to here. And it's like, what I come to find out is that I took myself with me everywhere I went. Like, you know, I had to look deep down and decide to myself and be like. You were recreating your own circle everywhere you went. Exactly. Yep. So uh, I had to really work on myself, find out what it is. What's my why? Why do I want to change? And, um, you know, I, I, I put my family and everybody, you know, kids and everybody through hell for years. And finally, at the bottom, I was just like, it was it was all or nothing, man. I like like the fa the last five years of my drug addiction, I didn't want to like I didn't want to use anymore. I didn't want to live anymore. I didn't want to. I remember praying at night, like going to bed, like, can God please just let me use so much that I don't wake up in the morning? Wow. And uh, I even put the gun in my mouth a couple times, man. And I just remember like, there's another reason that I need to live, you know. And and. Uh, <laughs> You know, it, it's crazy, but like, this is the reason that I've even started to do podcast. This is our, our second podcast. And um, the whole reasoning for me is not to like build a, a, a mentorship or branding or pay. It's like to that point. Well, this podcast, have, this podcast is literally for that reason. Mm -hmm. It's not to like how big you are or whatnot. We'll okay. talk about that later, but. Right. But it's to empower other people. For sure. That if they, if you can do it, yeah. Anybody can. Yep. Like literally, this is not about being a rocket scientist or anything like exactly. that. Exactly. Well, none of us are. You know, <laughs> like honestly, none of us are. Hell no. We all, we all, we all come with either baggage or skeletons mm -hmm. in the closet, or, yep. but we still get become, uh, you know, get to become successful at what we do. Yeah. I guess because maybe we're stubborn or something, but yeah. we just keep on pushing, right? I want to say it's, it's because we take action. You know, yeah. it's like a lot of the times, like, you know, most people will be like, oh, real estate, I want to get into real estate. Let me learn everything. Let me figure out everything from A to Z. And it's like, you can't do that. Like, for me, I, f I truly feel that, like, perfection is procrastination. Yeah. I didn't know anything when I got into real estate. I mean, right. I, I, I come from the construction background, but it was like, how do you flip a house? I don't know. I'm just going to buy the house and I'm going to figure it out. Right. You know? so, so let me take you back a little bit. You were until you were 27. Correct. How did you get, you start getting out of it? Like what, how, yeah. how was that transition? Right? Yeah, man. So, um, you know, there was, and just a little bit about it is like, there were so many times that I wanted to stop and tried to stop and tried everything and just couldn't. Right. And, uh, I remember I just come home one night and, Sierra, my, my partner and better half. I have so many questions for her now. <laughs> I'm so happy I put you first because now I have a lot to talk yes. about with Sierra. She has been wow. through eight years of hell with me, drug well, addiction through the bottom of the bottom. Wow, well, and the good thing is I, fo I follow both of you guys yeah. and, and I see the life you guys live now and, and wow, it's, yeah. it's amazing that what you guys are doing today, so. Yeah, I appreciate that, yeah. man. And, and uh, 
Yeah, to that, she, we had, we had, she was pregnant with my second, our second child, uh, our daughter, Shyla. And um, I come home one night from like, you know, a week long binge and she's just like, I got the treatment center booked. I got the flight booked. You're going to treatment in the morning. If you don't go, you're never going to see me and your kids again. And, and at that point, I knew she was dead serious because like there was, there was other conversations of, of this. Of course, yeah. Um, but that point, and I was completely at the bottom. I didn't care about anything else in life. Yeah, when you read the body language, mm -hmm. you realized at that moment, she wasn't lying. Yeah. Like, the, she's serious about this now. For sure. And, and, and at that moment, I didn't care about anything else in life besides my kids. Like, the time that I put the gun in my mouth, all I could think about was Isaiah and Shiloh. Missing them. And that's the reason that, that's the reason that I did not kill myself wow. at that time, man. And, uh, but I'm so happy you didn't, brother. <laughs> same. Wow. Yeah. We wouldn't even be having this we conversation. We wouldn't be here today. And, yeah. uh, uh, I truly think that like our, our, my given talent is to give back, to share my testimony. And, you know, even our mentors have been telling us for three years, Hey, you need to start branding. Hey, you need to get yourself out there. You need to get on social media. And for me, like, it's just not, it has not been a priority as yeah. far as like for real estate. But now, like I've helped so many in people in recovery. I like when I first got clean, I would speak at treatment Have centers. you ever thought about maybe opening a recovery center? Yes, I have. Um, there's, there's a lot that goes into that right. for sure. Um, we have some rental properties and stuff. We've definitely thought about it. Um, but for me, I think that like, as it, just the passion of helping and giving back is sharing my testimony is going to be the best for me right, right now. Right, right, like, right, right. That's what sent you today. Yeah. Yeah. Eventually like getting into that, there's a very good possibility. It was a goal when I first got clean, but um, there's, there's a lot that goes. How was that, that process sure. of getting clean? Like, so, so Sierra gave you an ultimatum. Yep. You said, all right, let's do it. Yeah. You got on the airplane, you went, what, what, how I was went, that? I went, man. <laughs> I, uh, took her up on her offer. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely went, I went to Florida. I went for 30 days to a treatment center. Um, how, now tell me about the 30 days, man. Cause mm. that's when you have the shivers and you have all these yeah. things that are going through your body because your body needs the chemical, right? Yeah. And, and, and also the habit. For sure. Because it's a habit, the drug addiction is a habit, mm -hmm. but it's also chemically, you know, it's not, smoking cigarettes, like I used to be a smoker. Yeah, same. But I, after three days, your body doesn't need nicotine anymore. Mm -hmm. It's just the habit of bringing your hand up yeah. to your mouth and your brain tells you, hey, you gotta go freaking pick up a Marlboro Red, you know, that's yeah. what I used to smoke. And, but in reality, you can go three days without a smoke, and then on day number four or five, you you still think you need to like smoke because your body needs nicotine, and it's, that's not the case. Hey, nicotine is out of your system already. Right. Is the freaking habit. So, yep. how describe to me, man, those thirty days in <laughs> hell because it's literally what it was. Yeah, for sure, man. Definitely, uh, detox is not something that I want anybody to go through, but it was definitely hell. But it was also eye-opening for me. Right. Um, you know, I, I that was the first time I ever talked to a therapist or opened up. Like my dad wasn't in my life, so my mom was the mom and dad, right. and me being a the the man of the house right. and the strong person and grow up like you right. don't fucking cry. You just you know right. all these. You things. swallow everything, all your emotions, and let's go. Exactly. Right. And I was the tough kid growing up. I was always fighting. I was always holding everything in. So like. The first time I ever talked to a therapist was in, in that treatment center. 
and I just unloaded, man. I literally cried. Wow. I unloaded, told everything. And for me, it was the first time I had a freeing experience of like, God, I'm able to shed the light of what's going on in my life, yeah. you know, because prior to that, like I was the functioning addict. I was right. going to work during the day and I was being a dope fiend at night, you know, right. so living two different lifestyles, wow. been through hell, um, pretty much made us homeless and stuff like that multiple times. Wow. So when I went there, man, the detox was, was crazy, um, but it was an experience for me that I was able to like actually open up and and get rid of some of the stuff that I was I was actually feeling. So wow. So what do you so you you did your 30 days, you got cleaned up. Yep. Um do you like punch the walls and shit? Are the walls made out of bricks or what? Like <laughs> no, I don't know cuz it, I don't It's I, not like a you strap me in yeah, a suit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, so um actually I, I did the 30 days. I got out, I went into like Narcotics Anonymous, all kinds of meetings every day and stuff. Right. But what I didn't do, I just went through the the steps. I didn't like actually do anything as far as like changing myself. So right. I stayed clean for about 144 days, and then I went back out, started using again, and life just got a thousand times worse. Now, did you at that time when you relapsed? Um, is it because of the circle you were hanging out with, yep. or literally you yeah, went man, back to your old friends? It was it was not really just the old friends. It was like one was like I started taking money too soon because when I first got clean, I mean like. We can get very deep. I was writing bad checks. I was doing all kinds of stuff. I yeah, was scared, er, like, everything that drug addicts do. Everything right? that drug addicts yeah, yeah, exactly. do, you know? Um, and when I when I got clean, I was like, after I got clean, after I relapsed, I was like, okay, I can't have any money on me. I can't have my vehicle because I'll trade that out for dope. I'll try to sell yeah. it. I'll do whatever the case may be to try to get that next one. Right. Um, so when I, when I relapsed and I came back out, I cut up all my credit cards. I canceled my bank accounts. I did everything that it took. Anything that I knew that like, hey, I could go get dope for yeah. or something like that, I got rid of. And that's how I stayed clean because I, I changed my people, places and things and I literally got rid of everything that I could to even, like if I had a thought of like getting So high. when you relapse uh, after 144 days, how long were you in it for? Yeah, so after I relapsed after 144 days, I went back and I just, I didn't go to the treatment center, but I, I just started going to meetings. I really took like 100% action of like, hey, reaching out to people right. that were clean, talking about things, getting back into the, the, the unloading my feelings and stuff right, like right. that. Um, so you started it, opening up basically. Yeah, that was in June, uh, June 20th, 2013. So okay. uh, this June 20th will be nine years clean. Wow clean and sober, no, no drugs, no alcohol, no nothing, man. Congratulations. Man. Yeah. Thank you. Congratulations. So, all right, you got clean now. Yep. Second time around. Yeah. Now Sierra is happier, <laughs> right? Cause she, she, she didn't have to deal with the definitely. crazy one anymore. Right. <laughs> um, how does your personality change from, cause I, you know, you're a very strong guy, like, and you're yep. a gone hole, like you go, 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 yep. go, go. But how do your personality, does your personality change from the drug addict to the, the sober guy now? Yeah. Like, how, how much different were you from the old guy to the new one? Yeah, man, I, uh, you know, obviously I had a lot to work through, but um, to be honest, I was a fucking animal in the, in, in the addiction. Yeah. So I just transferred that to entrepreneurship. Right. I always had that entrepreneurship mindset. Yeah. Like, you know, I'd cut grass, I'd shovel You stuff, did whatever you had to do. Whatever it takes. And that's what it takes in real estate. And, yes. and at least for me in, in yeah. any, any business. Like, I transferred that hustle of like, 
getting getting high, getting that next one to like in real estate. I gotta get, get that next deal. Get that next deal. Get that next deal. So um, you know, for me the transition was just kind of easy. It's not dope no more. It's real estate. Got it. So, so when did you discover real estate? 2015. So you. So, so for two years. Two years. What do you do like in between? <laughs> Getting out in real estate. Two years, uh, <laughs> Sierra, I'll tell you this. I think I had eight different jobs. Okay. Didn't get fired from any of them. I was just like, hey, I want to be a, a cable guy. Nope, I don't want to do that. Because yeah. literally when I got clean, I was basically that 12-year-old boy that started when it's smoking crack at an early age. Yeah, you were, that you lifestyle. were, you were living life again. Exactly. But I didn't this know, time it's clean. I didn't know who I was. I had to realize, hey, what do I actually want to do in life? Who do I want to be? And... I know that like after those jobs, like I didn't want to work for anybody. So right. I started a handyman business. I did flooring, tiling, kitchens and bathrooms, um, started that business. We built that up. And then in 2015, we got our first rental rental property well, in real estate. Who do you learn from back then? Yeah. So, uh, we actually, you know, you'll hear on the radio, fortune builders, yep. uh, you know, <laughs> we got pulled into one of those three day seminars and I was like, yeah, the, the marketing is, hey, flip houses with not your money or whatever. So Sign me up. Sign me up. Yeah, we went there and uh, we ended up signing on one of the lower grade coaching right. programs. And uh, man, it got us started. You know, they helped us create. Fortune Builders is good. Uh, in my opinion, it's yeah. helped out a lot of people. It has. Um, I have coaching students that went through for Fortune Builders before. Mm -hmm. And what I noticed is that these guys had a little foundation yeah. for what I was about to give them. Yeah. So I don't have to work on that foundation so hard, which yep. is the, the, the simple stuff, the yeah. ARV, prices, this right. and that, right? Yeah. And even Caesar, he, he's been my friend for years, <laughs> years. Yeah. And in 2008 or nine, I told him, I said, dude, I'll show you real estate. Come on over. Mm -hmm. I'm doing it already. Mm -hmm. He said, hey, I don't know about that. And he went and paid for two builders. He went and paid like three or four or five different coaching companies. He probably yep. put a hundred grand oh, yeah. out there before... He finally came to me. Right. And I found out about all these companies that he paid. Yeah. Because I understood that he knew something. I said, like, dude, did you ever get like a coaching program? Well, um, <laughs> you know, I pay fortune builders. And I was yeah. like, oh, no, Armando, Armando Montelongo. I said, how much you pay that dude? Because oh, I know he's not cheap. 50K? I don't know. He's 25 <laughs> grand. Yeah. And then it, and I did lifestyles and that was another whatever. And I lead these other guys. And I said, like, okay, how come you haven't done real estate, dude? Right. Well, I guess I wasn't ready. And I was okay, are you ready now? Because yeah. now you're going to do it with me. So, um, but I, I, I'm a firm believer. I don't think Fortune Builders is around anymore. I think they went into like multifamily now. Yeah. I don't um, think they do the coaching anymore. Yeah. But um, yeah, what it did was just got us started, man. Yeah. Like you, you, you pay attention to what you pay for. So yeah. like we paid, we paid an investment right. for it and we, we took the action. Now, um, it's not like the marketing like we do or anything right. like that. And we started out in flipping. So, but actually what it did was it taught me how to creative finance right. and I, I started out, we didn't have any money. So like, just right. to get into that, I dumped my 401k that I actually had right. and, uh, you know, invested the money for the coaching and basically it taught me seller finance. So I was calling the Craigslist ads, trying to find a first deal. We ended up finding our first rental property in 2015. And uh, I was just like, hey, will you seller finance this deal? She was like, yeah, let's talk about it. Um, so it was $47,000. She wanted $5,000 down and a 12-year note. So okay. basically I was like, 
this deal works. You know, this is a deal we can get in for 5K. I didn't have the 5K, so. But you like, you, you're gonna figure out where to get 5K. Figured yeah. it out, man. Yeah. So I was just like, we had like $1,000 in a bank account. Sierra's like, you're not taking our money. I'm like, this deal works, you know? <laughs> um, so basically what I did was I, I took money off of a credit card to get the rest of the down, right. or like $2,000. And then the last $2,000, I took my truck up to a title max title loan place and was like, you know, you get Bro, this loan against your truck. Dude, <laughs> you and I are so much alike. Yeah. You have no idea. Yeah. I've done stuff like that because I commit to the deal because For in sure. my mind, I'm going to figure out where to get that money from. Right. And I think that's a, that's a skill set. Like it's, it's the survival tactic of, of animals, you know, like you're out, we're out in the wolf in the wild. We have to make it happen. And that's the mindset I have, like from, you know, from sports and, you know, going through drug addiction, being at the bottom, like no matter what happens, like I'm investing in myself, I'm banking on myself yeah. and I'm going to make it work no matter what. So, um, yeah, man, took, you know, 23% interest off my credit cards. The title, the truck loan was like 50%. Yeah. Yeah. They're sharks. <laughs> like, these dudes are sharks. They really want to get your truck for half the price. Oh yeah. It was crazy, yeah. man. But like, the thing is, is like, it was $388 a month for the mortgage payment for right. a 12 year note. And I knew we could rent it out for 900 a month. So oh, yeah, that's a no brainer. 388 to the mortgage. No brainer, dude. Uh, we'll a say little bit on insurance. Insurance and, and taxes. If you're going to slap some paint or whatever, yep. make it functional at least, you know? Yeah. We ca we uh, cash flowed 500 bucks a month on it, and then um, that was in 2015. We just refinanced that property. I could sell it right now for 178. Wow! So so that's uh, almost three times uh, three times the initial cost of the property. Cost of the property, yeah. Um, but did you refinance it? We did refinance. Okay, so it, yeah. you got the the other lady out of it, and, and correct. Yep. And now and now and you pay zero taxes on that money. Yeah, exactly. It's literally yep on your pockets now, so yeah. you can go do more, right? For sure. So all right, so so you got that uh, initial property was is it fifteen or sixteen? Twenty fifteen. Twenty fifteen. Yes. So you right away, boom. Yep. You, you went through the course. Yeah. You're like, I got it. Yep. I'm gonna go make offers. You got it. Mm -hmm. What was the evolution of the investor? after you got that one property. Yeah, so the uh, getting into the flipping was our next step. Right. And basically same thing, you know, I, I bought that rental property, but that didn't bring us any capital. Right. That took $5,000. It, it takes your money out, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. definitely, yeah. So we still needed a, to, to bring capital into the business. So like, we were like, okay, now we have to get into flipping. So, which I wanted anyways, because I had the construction background. Yeah. It was easier for me a transition from like you know the handy the the uh, remodeling company into fixing the right. houses. Um, so I was still calling Craigslist every day, calling Bandit Signs. Hey, trying to find wholesalers, trying to find investors. Finally found a deal from a wholesaler. Paid the wholesaler twenty nine k for the deal. We bought it for thirty eight. Uh, we ended up selling our house to get our personal home to get the money to buy the house. So wow. like. I came home one day and I was like, hey, the market's appreciating. We're going to sell our house. We're going to take the profits and we're going to buy a flip. She's like, are you on drugs again? <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm Trust like, me, this is a legitimate deal we're doing exactly. here. Exactly. You know? So we ended up selling our personal home and uh, made $38,000 on it. Bought our first flip for exactly $38,000. And uh, 
opened up $120,000 in credit cards for the rental or for the re renovation. Right. So 0%, 120K, it had like 12 different credit Did cards. Did you do the fund and grow thing or, or, or you were doing it on it your own? It was another company, but it so wasn't So somebody them. was coaching you through it. Correct. Right. Yeah. Okay. So they opened up a bunch of credit cards for us. Yeah. They're worthy. Dude. I tell yeah. I tell people all the time, you got good credit? Yeah. Yeah. Go get as many credit cards as you can. Exactly. Right now. Like 0% interest because you're going to be able to rehab houses, yep. put down payments, do all kinds of crazy things with yeah. it. But when we have, and I've had good credit and bad credit, mm -hmm. and when we have good credit, we take it for granted. Yeah. 100%. Like, well, I'm afraid, I don't know. Like, I was like, no, man, go get as much as you can because you get that 0% money. Yeah. Man, you can be buying a house at the title company by swiping a credit card and refinancing it in 30 days. Yeah. Brother, people say all the time, uh, cash is king. Cash is king, but credit is power. Is power. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if I didn't have the cash of, of 120K, we, yeah. we knew we had decent credit and we could get the credit cards. So we ended up making like 38,000 or 40,000 on that deal and just dumped it into the next one. Started flipping and flipping. Um, and uh, what we eventually learned was like the flipping is, is we still flip today and we can yeah. kind of get into that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was impressed, man, when I met you guys back in uh, a year ago now. Yeah. In in uh, in Tulum. Yep. And you had all these rehabs going on, mm -hmm. right? And I and my, my thing is I had PTSD with rehabs. I'm like, <laughs> man, I wanna I don't want to know anything about a rehab anymore yeah. because I got my ass handed back to me in between 17 and 20 and mm. 20 21. Um, but you were telling me how you were handling your contractors, and mm -hmm. I was like, man, you must have some real good contractors. And you say, yeah, we have a lot of trust on those guys, and, mm -hmm. and you have multiple projects. I cannot remember how many they were, but yeah. there were a few of them you were running at the time. Yeah, right now, we, we actually anytime have from about six to ten properties right. going on. Okay. I think right now we have eight properties under construction. How long does it take you to, to and when you say under construction, it's on the rehab. Correct. You're not building them up, right? No. Not no, yet. No, no. No, <laughs> that uh, bug hasn't bit you yet. Or? It has, but yeah. like with COVID and stuff, our, our business model now is I want to be in and out in six weeks. So if I have to take the drywall off, I'm probably not going to do it. Are we're, you guys wholesaling? We're wholesaling. Yes. Okay. So yep. you're wholesaling and flipping. Correct. And rental properties. And re that's your, your end strategies to rent them out or yeah so right now like uh, in 2019 we restructured the business we okay. joined uh carlos reyes in them absolutely mastermind shout out to the all-in entrepreneurs yes sir all in uh, nation <laughs> so um so we were doing full gut rehabs to there up to 2019 and we were buying from wholesalers buying from referrals however we could get them and then we were just like hey how do we wholesale because our first deal we paid Somebody twenty nine thousand, yep. and she was like, "Well, we need to do that." And I'm like, "No, I like the construction." So we need to figure out how to cut those guys <laughs> out. Yeah. Yep. Um, so in 2019, November 2019, we joined uh, the Elite Mastermind, and we started doing our own marketing. And from there, we just blew the business up. Yeah. So uh, our first year, we did 850k, and that was the wow. year of COVID. And uh, so two months, it was 2020, two months of absolutely no revenue. We actually didn't even start until. February. Um, so basically four months with no revenue because March and April were zero because of COVID. Happened. Right, right. Um, so eight months of revenue, we did 850. The next year we, we uh, did 1.6 million. 
Um, and this year we're on track to do 3 million. Now, those 1.6 million, was that a combination in between flips and wholesale deals? That's a, that's a combination with flips and wholesale. And what about your rentals? Like, what, how do you handle that side of the business? Yeah, so we have uh, 48 rental properties right now. All around the city or do you have them in different cities? All around the city, okay. so mostly Columbus. We have uh, a fourplex in Cincinnati and a fourplex in Dayton. Okay, but they're not far away. Not very yeah. far, about a half hour yeah. away. but. Um, within two years, we built 48 rental properties. We, and the one, the eight that we have under construction, there's probably five or four or five of those that are going to be rentals. So. Gonna, are you going to refi them out or? Correct. Yep. Okay. So let's talk about the rentals. Mm -hmm. uh, the rentals are, how many of those do you get under creative financing? Ah, uh, man. So most of them now I, I would say are not, we probably out of the 48, we probably have only like five or six that are creative, creative financing. Yep. The other ones you bought them, private mm -hmm. money, hard money or whatever. For sure. Took over, fixed them. Yep. Then put a tenant in it, refi, go to the next one. Yeah, so we do that we don't do it on a one-off basis. We do it on on a portfolio. So yes. we'll take like 10 properties, fix them yep. up and then take that as a, to a blanket. Yeah, loan. that's what I call flipping chunks. Exactly. <laughs> yep, I did that for a yeah. very long time. I just flipped chunks. It was 10 at a time, 10 at a yep. time, 10 at a time, and yeah. I put them on, on the portfolio loans. So we, we take, uh, you know, we do the Burr method on just a little bit bigger of a right. scale, and we get those 200K cash out refi checks. <laughs> yeah, and, no, and, they, and, and, the, and the lander loves that yep. because um, they, they take you more serious. Exactly. Like, this guy's coming in with 10 deals. Mm -hmm. They try not to screw you over, you yep. know, depending on who you're working with. Because they know that if, if, and in my case, when I was doing that, mm -hmm. I'm not doing it anymore. Everything I'm buying is creative finance. Like oh, okay. 100%, that's a, a rule I got on my, on my company now. Really? Anything that smells like creative financing, mm -hmm. that's what I'm going after. Yeah. We love, I mean, that's always our first shot, but a lot of the times we just end up refinancing out of it. Right. Yeah, if you fall in love with the property and it's yeah. in a good location, why not, right? Yep. Um, but in my case... So I, ha I got to 107 houses back in 2012, and oh, I wow. hated it. Yeah. I didn't like it. Like, really? I did not enjoy being a landlord. Um, I, I could care less for it. And then I started liquidating everything. I went to flipping, and then we started flipping at a scale, and we were making a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, 2017 in July, man, I was looking at Lambos and Ferraris, and I, we had the <laughs> cash to pay for those things cash. Like, yeah. Uh, we were swimming in cash. For sure. And, and then Harvey came in. I had some some rentals, but those were those were like the ones that we had to keep because we had to keep them. You know, gotcha. it, it wasn't because we couldn't. You know, it was because we couldn't sell them or something. Right. So we ended up becoming landlords by necessity, right? Mm. And we offset taxes that way. Yep. But it, we did. I still don't enjoy it. Like yeah. you talk to me about a rental, I was like, like I don't <laughs> care for it. But it's a necessary evil when you're making money, because otherwise yeah. you're either going to pay the IRS yep. or you put it on rental properties. Yeah, I mean, there's three ways to make money in, in rental properties. That's cash flow, that's depreciation, and appreciation. Yeah. So like all the markets that we're in, we cash flow on them three to $500 a month. We yep. take the depreciation across our wholesaling and our flipping right. because wholesaling and flipping There's is the big highest checks. There's big checks and they tax you at the highest right yeah it's the highest tax bracket and then the appreciation everything like columbus market has appreciated over 18 percent last wow. year so if it continues that in five years i double my value of the portfolio right, right. so right now we have a 10 mil around a 10 million dollar portfolio right five years that turns into 20 
Yep. I'm okay with that. And then you refi that out. Yep. How much money do you pull that out and, and, and it's tax free. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and we have 50 rental properties or well, 48 right now. Our goal is to hit hundred this year and we will do that. I'll make it happen. So this year, <laughs> this year, so you're going to buy another 50, another 50. what we got left Correct. and, and rehab them. And, and, yep. and how long does it take you to, so let's talk about the avatar for your rentals, right? Yeah. How much rehab do you put into it? So our average rehab is around 35,000. Okay. Yep. Now so, do you make them look like granite and, and so, yeah. So what you make we, it as if you're going to sell them. Yeah. So basically our model is the same as far as a flip to a rental. It's, uh, we put the same tile, we put the same floor LVP, the same paint, yeah. the same Cookie everything cutter. across the board. That's how I'm able to scale the rental or the, the construction side because yeah. Every flip is the same. Every you don't have to think about the, the backsplash. You don't have to think yeah. about, you know, what granite I'm going to put here. No, it's yep. called the Luna Gray. That's the one we're using. Exactly. <laughs> Subway <laughs> tile, quartz yeah. countertops. And the thing is, is like I put that money in the rental properties because one, I want somebody to walk into the home and be like, okay, now I feel at home. No, and if you have to sell it, it's ready. If I have to sell it, it's, it's ready. ready. Yeah, I did the same. My, yeah. my process was the same as yours. They all get quartz countertops. They get backsplash. They get tiled showers, LVP floor. Um, and the other thing too is like I'm hard surfacing the rentals. So like, you know, no carpet in the rental properties. Yep. I don't have to replace that every tenant yep. turnover. Every, it's whenever, whenever I, I learned that on my first rental. <laughs> Never put carpet on it. Yeah. Because they destroy that thing. They destroy it. It was nasty and filthy. Yep. It's hard surfacing it. So basically when the tenants move out, I go in and clean and touch up paint and then re-rent re it out. Do you do you guys have over there, because I've never been to where you are. Like, yeah. um, do you guys have pier and beam houses? With, uh, like with crawl space underneath? We do. So like that's the thing about Columbus is like some parts of Columbus has like a lot of foundation issues and water issues. Right. So like that's the thing. We don't buy prior to 1940 because it has knob and tube electric. Our avatar, like you said, is like a three one or three two smaller house. Like I'm not most of our rentals aren't two thousand above. They're they're less two, yep. less than two thousand square foot. So it's easy to get in and get out of. Yeah. And, and the rehab is not as extensive. The rehab's not as extensive, yeah. correct. So yeah. um, and the reason I ask you about the pier and beam is because I learned like so in Houston is we have the same issues. Foundation. Yes. Yep. Like in Houston we say you're either gonna have you either have a foundation problem or you're going to have a foundation problem. <laughs> that, so for us, oh, foundation, okay, no big deal. We for just sure. got to add X for, Yep, you, you need know, beams, you need waterproofing. Done. Yep. Right? But what I discovered was early on, um, the uh, vinyl flooring wasn't as, 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 you know, as what it is today. Like yeah. you, you go to the Home Depot or whatever and there's beautiful vinyl flooring that yep. looks like wood, right? For sure. Back then I was using laminate and what happens on mm. crawl space foundations is when the moisture gets underneath yep. that laminate buckles, buckles right? Yeah. So the vinyl doesn't because right. vinyl is glued or, or, it's waterproof. or it is waterproof. Yeah. So it doesn't affect it as much. You guys have that problem there? We do. Yeah. Okay. So we have, we have a lot of foundation and water issues, but we use, we use vinyl plank and everything. Right. So, um, and, and we obviously fix everything before we go in there. If we have to waterproof the basement, we do that. Okay. I have a guy that's, that gives me a really good deal. What does know? it cost? I've never done a basement house. So yeah, I'm so curious about it. To put a perimeter drain in for me, a whole perimeter drain, I'm actually doing one on our rentals right now. It's $3,500. Oh, yeah. wow. But 
that's my my guy that just does right. that. If I go to a basement guy, it's going to be 15 grand. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, beams are running around 350 a beam. So if I have to do a whole basement, it might cost me like six to 8,000. Okay. Um, so to put beams and waterproof the basement, I'm typically around like 10 grand. Now, do people there convert the basement into living spaces? And we do. Okay. Yeah. So you make a third bedroom out of it or, or the living room area or the, or the what do you call it, the, uh, the yeah. man's cave? Yeah, definitely. I mean, on, on our flips, we always try to do that if the comps support. Uh, rentals, I only buy a two-bedroom re two rental if I could put a basement in the, or a bedroom in the basement. Got it. So that's so, how you turn it into three ones. Correct. Yep. Good deal, yeah. man. So, so, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, you know, back to that, that, like, the way we buy is, like, we put quartz countertops, everything nice in there, and then we force the market rents up. Columbus, like, is a very good cash flowing market market to rent. Um, you know, so typically we're making three to five hundred dollars. So you don't mind listing the property and waiting for it for a couple of months until somebody bites on your on on your on your price. No. Yeah. Exactly. Because yeah. I'm I'm typically about two hundred. Yeah, you're above. You're put. You're 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 racing the rents for sure. And yeah. what that does also is it, it weeds out the, the spam of like somebody that's willing to pay more than market rents is typically going to take care of the They're place. better qualified as Correct. well. Correct. Yeah, yep. I, really, I did the same exact thing for years. <laughs> I actually, um, I bought this one property one time in a, in a city called Angleton, which is south of Houston. It's just a suburb. Gotcha. And I asked my agent at the time, uh, who later on became one of my business partners. I said, Dennis, how much can we get for this property? And he goes... Well, I think, you know, he's looking at the MLS. I said, Ricardo, there's nothing for rent. Yeah. Nothing. And I said, man, I don't know. That's weird, dude. Like, what do you mean there's nothing for rent? He's like, there's nothing. I don't have any history for the last three years. Mm -hmm. I said, okay, but what do you think we can rent this for? You're the agent. Like, you should know these numbers. Right. He said, well, I think we can get 1200 And I said, mm, nah. Go ahead and put it for 1750 yeah. He said, 1750 Are you out of your <laughs> freaking mind? And I, he started getting on my ass, literally, because yeah. I, I went like $500, $550 above. The first day, I got five offers. Yeah. And I said, man, I should have done 1900 Because <laughs> I do the same thing. I go right. above, and I push, you know. Now, I'd rather go high, mm -hmm. and then have to bring it down a little bit and adjust it to the market value or whatever. Yeah. If I have the property vacant for 90 days and nobody takes it, okay, I'm going to bring it down. Yeah. Uh, but I like that you do that because then you rehab them right, number one. So your your property is probably the best one on they, the market. Yeah, they, they run out typically within two to three weeks. Like most of the time they don't stay on the market. And if they do, I just drop it 50 bucks every week. So. Now, do you take on, on, your, on your tenants, do you take... People with like bad credit, bad jobs, things like that. Like so we have uh, a, a grading scale, basically. Obviously, right. you guys heard my past. I, you know, two-time right. felon, drug drug addict that that right. created a successful life with with our my family and partner and stuff. So right. we definitely look at people like we if if uh, you know if you have bad credit, you're not an ex. You know, it's right. it's kind of an average across the board: income, credit, and background check. Right. Okay. Yep. Yeah, because I took everybody, bro. But but what I did is, if you had a very bad background, mm -hmm. but you got okay credit and, yeah. and your job, like, we get that in Houston all the time. Yeah. The guy's a pipe fitter. He, he makes a ton of money at the refinery. Mm -hmm. But you know how those guys are. They, they, they make their check and they go drink on the weekends. Right. And they don't pay the credit cards on time. Yep. Um, maybe they went to jail for some reason. For sure. But I'm not going to judge them because they went to jail because most of us have been to jail for some reason <laughs> for one reason or another right but um you know 
I would say, okay, hey, you want to live here? It's three months deposit. Yeah. Like, you know, I make it hard yep. to where I don't turn them down. But if they come up with three months, hey, brother, come on in. You can sit right here, no right. big deal. Because in Texas, the, the, the law protects the landlord big time. Mm -hmm. How is it in Ohio? Uh, it's for the landlord, yeah. Okay. I mean, it's a little bit difficult sometimes with the evictions and stuff like right. that. But no, um, over there in Houston, man, 30 days, that's yeah. it, you're gone. Oh, they give yeah. us extension or give the tenant extension sometimes. No, not Typically, a, they'll go, we'll get 30 days, but then they go to court and they give them an excuse and it'll be uh, not there, a 30 man. day extension. They're very landlord friendly there. So, gotcha. Um, don't get me wrong, I don't have many properties today. I, yeah. I probably have five to 10, something like that. But right. I don't even know the exact number. Go figure. <laughs> um, I, I don't care for them, honestly. I, yeah. I only have them because I need them. Uh, right. that, other than that, I, I, I just bought one yesterday, too. Uh, from We just put it on their contract in Kansas. So, oh, wow. Um, I picked it up for 12000 bucks on terms. Mm. Give it to me. I'll yeah. take it, you know? It's like, what is that? How much right. is it? Like $333 a month for 36 months. Yeah. 0% zero, zero interest. How can I say no to that? You right, know? exactly. It's like, so, all right. So, you guys do fix and flips. You got your portfolio going on. What does your wholesaling operation look like? Yeah, so um, we typically do, I mean, so as far as marketing, we're around, uh, I think we are at 25,000 a month for, okay. for marketing and stuff. We have five cold callers in Columbus, five in uh, Florida. We're in Columbus, Florida. We just expanded into um, North Carolina, Tennessee, Atlanta, and Las Vegas. So. That's your, the markets you're targeting. We just expanded. So we literally just let marketing go last okay. week. Um, but Florida, uh, Columbus, or Ohio and Florida are. No are, PPC? We are doing PPC. You yes. are doing PPC mm -hmm. also. Okay, yep. so you got cold calling and PPC going on. Cold calling, PPC, SEO, and TV commercial. How is TV working out for you? TV is doing pretty well in Ohio. We only do that in Ohio. Okay. Yep. Yes, more for the local model. Correct. Yep. Do you do you go on appointments? Do you have people going on appointments for you? No, we're completely virtual. Um, so that's why when we did market expansion out of Ohio, right? We went to Florida and and the other other markets. It's just same same SOP. You know, yep. when we're in Ohio, even in our backyard, if it's right around the corner, we're not going to the house. Right. Everything's over the phone. Everything's virtual. We're locking up the deal I over love the it. phone. Yeah. I, I do. I'm the same way, dude. I I, I, yep. <laughs> I wholesale a house two blocks away from my house. I never went to see it. Right. Yeah. Ninety nine percent of the time, we never meet the seller. We never do any of that stuff. So. Well, I was wondering because of the of the TV ads, right? Mm -hmm. uh, when you do that locally, most guys that do that, they have somebody yeah. going out on appointments and creating that you know belly to belly yeah know, conversation or whatnot, but. No, yeah. our acquisition, I mean, they always want to talk to Sierra and I. We want to talk to the one on the commercial, but our acquisition does a really good job of, of building rapport and getting straight to the point. Good deal, man. So what's next for you guys? Like, you know, what, what, what's the future? What are your, like, goals for, for the maybe the next five years? Yeah, man. So uh, definitely we want to build the rental portfolio as well. Um, that's a big thing for us as far as, like, you know, we want to hit 100 this year. Next year we'll probably want to double that. So um and then the the wholesaling three million this why year. not going to multifamily? man you know as far as me like yes everybody says go big and i've kind of been on the fence and going back and forth last couple of years i if, if you'd caught me a year ago i'm like yes let's go for multifamily. but as i start to think about it a little bit more i just and the way the market's going i want to be protected so i feel like residential is 
easy to sell off. You easy can to never go off. wrong with residential. That, that's a fact. Correct. I mean, residential rides the wave up and down. Actually, yep. when foreclosures happen, the rents go up. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, the values drop. Yeah. But the, the, the rents go up because people are giving up houses, so they got a place to live. They need a place to live. Yep. And I think that, like, having a yard and having a garage and, and stuff like that is, is more appealing to a tenant so and do you have a team that manages these properties like they go do the work when it breaks your your same contractors like how do you handle that no it's not the same contractors unless they had just rehabbed it if they rehabbed it within 30 days and a, a faucet breaks or something like that then they go replace it but after that we have a property management company got it okay yep. well good deal so you're gonna hit three million in assignments uh this year right That's, yes how many deals is that like uh so what's your average assignment so our average wholesale assignment is 17. Our standard, yeah, that, that's where we are too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then our average uh, flip is 45,000, so. Good, yeah. so the three million, that's a combination of the two. Correct, yeah. Awesome, mm -hmm. good deal, man. Yeah. Well, brother, thank you so much for yes. uh, telling me your story about how bad of a bad boy you were <laughs> and, and how sure. good of an investor you are today, because yeah. you definitely got a lot of great things going your way um especially on the landlord side and and, yeah. and fixing and flipping and wholesaling uh three million it's, it's a great number yeah i mean we're it's 250 a month we're we're on track to do it so we might undershoot ourselves we we, we might hit four million you know um, before you know it man do you operate under the, the under the vto vision traction organizer okay yeah when you get yourself a vision traction organizer yeah. you're gonna blow past those numbers okay in no time uh so yeah, like I, I have a, I have a, f a couple of friends that I train on it. Okay. Um, I, I learned it from Sean Terry like years ago. Gotcha. And I didn't even learn it from here one-on-one. Right. I bought a course from him called a 100K Wholesaler at mm. the time. And he explained the VTO and I'm like, hmm. I learned about it. I read the book Traction, which, because it has to do with Traction. Right. And then I had to read it like three times because... I'm ADD and so I'm like, <laughs> I forget things and yes. then I was like, man, I gotta go read it, read it again. But as soon as I started implementing that, mm -hmm. when we set out on like a three year goal, cause it, it makes you reverse engineer. You gotta go set up a 10 year goal first. Yeah. That's where most people struggle. 10 yep. years, man, that far out, like, how do I really think about this? Yeah. I, I don't even know what the hell I'm doing next year, right? Right. So it makes you set a 10 year goal. Then you go from a 10 to a three, from a three to one, mm. Then from one to the quarter, and then you solve all your rocks and challenges and things. Gotcha. And what I discovered was every time I put a three-year goal, mm -hmm. I did it like in a year and a half. Yeah. Because I'm compressing now. I'm pushing towards getting that to that number or to the number of flips or rehabs. Exactly. And, and so once you start learning about it, man, and you put it on paper, yep. and you review it every quarter with, you know, your team members. And, right. Man, before you know it, dude, like three million becomes six million. Yeah. <laughs> Cause, exactly. cause it's just the, 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 it starts growing out of control too. Like, you yeah. know, cause now you got, okay, I just did 20 houses that I re refied. What we, it's the same effort to do 10 right. than 20. It's the same exact thing. Yep. It just takes more people. For sure. That's it. More contractors. Yeah. So then you start putting those pieces together and before you know, it, you got a $10 million operation. Dude. Right. Exactly. So it's crazy. Man, I love it. Thank you yeah. so much, brother. Yeah, definitely, man. I appreciate uh, you having me on. I, I, I just want to say, you know, kind of like ending words, I guess, you know, for me and my testimony is, um, you know, never let your p p past define your future. Like it's, it's definitely something that I'm not proud of, but it's made us successful in the way we are today. 
And, uh, you know, if I can do it, anybody can do it. Dude, sure. I, so I, I lived, so I, and this is like, I, I talk about it a lot. Yeah. Because I lived the nightmares of a real estate investor. Yeah. What is the nightmare of a real estate investor? Defaulting on loans, mm -hmm. having houses foreclosed on, having private lenders sue you yeah. and win lawsuits. Right. I went through all that stuff. Yep. And if I would hold on to that, Mm -hmm. There's no way I would be doing what I'm doing today. Right. I would have stayed in the past. Yep. And I would have crawled into a corner crying like a little bitch. <laughs> yeah, because that's, yeah. that's, that's how you feel when all these things are coming at you, exactly. right? Exactly. But I'm like, hey, you know what? It is what it is. Uh, you know, I messed up or, yeah. or, 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 or uh, in my case was a, uh, like a, a hurricane that came and took my business out. Yeah. Uh, now, could I have done things differently? I didn't know any better. Right. I wasn't part of masterminds, which is something we do now. Mm -hmm. Like I make sure I'm on a mastermind all the freaking time. Yeah. Because if I got a problem, I, somebody in that room is going to have something to do with that in the past. Like, exactly. You know what, Ricardo? I went through that. Yep. And this is how I handle it. And this is how I got out of it. Yeah. But at, at the time, I was by myself. So right. I just didn't know any better. But uh, it, it was like my, and, and I tell people all the time, like, if you're going through hell, that's not where you stop. Yeah. You why would keep, you stop in hell? Why? <laughs> you don't stop there. You just got to keep on moving, right? Yep. So, so I love your story, man. You got, you got a book in you. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, I will connect you with somebody that will probably help you do that. For sure. Um, and guys, attend growth June 24th, 25th, 26th in Houston, Texas. Make sure you get your tickets. We only got like 15 VIPs left and about 100 general admission. Uh, this is not a big event. It's more of an intimate setting. I'm looking forward to see you there. Ben, thank you so much, bro. I appreciate yes, you. It's been my pleasure. And uh, I'm look see you on the next one. Bye.